thank you so much for joining us. Let me see who we have here so far. We have Eric who stopped by, uh, Foster Freed, Rob, Brian's here. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this first live. I was a little bit scared to go live, but I've seen all of my favorite ministers just do it and adapt and go online and find new ways to reach out to people. So that's something that I'm really hoping to do through this live series. And I'm so happy that today you'll be joining me in, in conversation with Reverend Megan, who has a ton of great things to say about her new book study pick. And we'll just be kind of having a little bit of a, a church chat and you guys will be able to submit any questions you have or any comments you have about what we're discussing just as you would in any Facebook Live, just using the comments. And I will try my best to pay attention to the comments and try to use this new platform that I'm, I just figured out a few days ago to uh, stream live. So I'll tell you a little bit about the show first and then I'll bring um, Megan in and we can start the conversation. So uh, for me, this virtual pen pal show is about bringing people from the United Church community into conversation that wouldn't typically meet each other or speak to each other. And I'm hoping to find ways to cross like the urban and rural divide and just to find really diverse, insightful, funny, witty people that we all love from the United Church community and bring them in conversation with one another. Sometimes it will be me speaking to that person, but it doesn't always have to be. So if you know someone that's absolutely amazing or two people that you'd like to see kind of chatted up with each other on this show, send them my way. So you can use my, um, my Facebook messages, just reach out and let me know what your thoughts are on people who could be included in the show or current events that have emerged in the church that we could try to speak to on the show. I'm no expert. I can only give my, my insights uh, based on my experience. I guess I am sort of an expert when it comes to a certain subject matter, but I'm, I'm not perfect. I will try my best to address the topics that emerge and the questions that emerge. And I'm just looking at this as an opportunity to start the conversation. So, I hope you all can hear me perfectly fine. This is my first time doing this. I have like my little earphone set up. So if you cannot hear me, please do let me know. Um, and so now I will be introducing my very first guest ever for this United Church Virtual Pen Pal show. And that is, hold on, let me figure this all out. <laughs> Reverend Megan, <laughs> hi. And Nefarian, my uh, oh, and Nefarian my, is with us as well. <laughs> who is uh, a bit of a camera? Let me turn up my volume a little bit. There we go. Okay, so if any of you in on the Facebook feed cannot hear us, do let me know. Do type it down below in the comments, and I'll make sure to fix what I can fix on my end. But yes, yeah, so how are things on your end? Uh, things are doing well here, so um, I'm not sure if anyone out there knows me, but I live in Warkworth, Ontario, which is about an hour and a half uh, northeast of Toronto, and I'm fairly recent to this part of Ontario. Just for some background, I grew up in the excited states, actually, moved to oh. Ontario as a, in my late teens, lived in Ontario in the Ottawa Valley for about 20 
25 years probably while my kids were little. Mm -hmm. I moved to Halifax in, in uh, 2003 to do my MDiv and lived there um, in, in Nova Scotia for four plus 12, 15 years. I've lived there for 15 years and have just moved back to Ontario two years ago, just under mm -hmm. two years ago. Um, so Warkworth, Ontario, very rural community. We have an interesting mix here. Uh, I think I mentioned to you, Jordana, a town of about 600 people. Um, mm -hmm. But we have a very active LGBTQ community in Warkworth. It has been sort of the saving grace of Warkworth is that many people from the LGBTQ community moved to Warkworth for retirement or something, and, uh, and we've become vibrant. Um, people talk about how vibrant the place has become. The other thing, the other thing that we see here in Warkworth, and it's part of why I've chosen this particular book for today, is that we're right next to a First Nations community. Alderville First Nations is just... Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, it's just maybe 15, 20 minutes west of, of Warkworth. Uh, mm -hmm. Rice Lake is, a, is a, the First Nations community there. And, um, and so we have a, sort of an ongoing relationship with the First Nations peoples in this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things are quiet in Warkworth now, of course, everyone is uh, being pretty careful about isolating and we're mm -hmm. hoping now as things are allowed to open up, we just had a survey that went around today asking how, how we might be comfortable getting back into our, our little businesses just one block over on the main street in order to help try to um, keep them vibrant. It's, mm -hmm. it's been a challenge for two months, so. Yeah, we've had a bit of that on my end too in Toronto. There's, I'm in the um, sort of east part of Toronto in the in an area that's called Greektown, and it's a very vibrant, very multicultural community. And there's a ton of there's a huge restaurant culture here. So there's I'm kind of squished between Greektown and Little India. So there's all these amazing Greek restaurants, Thai restaurants, Indian restaurants, Ethiopian restaurants, any kind of food you can think of exists here and a lot of these places have been um, facing closure because of what's been going on with the coronavirus and just some of the most beloved restaurants and businesses that you thought could never close their doors they have been fixtures of the community for like 20 30 years you're hearing more and more news of closure so that's something that's certainly been on my mind and although I'm trying to remain safe and cautious. I've been trying to think about ways, like how do I support others at this time, whether that's local businesses, whether that's my neighbors. Um, I don't know if that looks different in a, an urban versus a rural area, some of the challenges that you experience and some of the ways that you can go about supporting people. But that's been, I guess that's kind of a common thread. That's been something that's been weighing a little bit heavily on me. I think I think I think there is a strong tie, Jordana, between our two communities. Even though we are really disparate in size, but trying mm -hmm. to trying to find ways, and so some of our local places, like a local restaurant, um, you know, offers takeout. So once a week, I'm treating myself to buffalo wings and a Caesar salad, just to you know, mm -hmm. just to try to do my bit. Ordering my my fresh ground coffee from the coffee roaster up the street. But I think that if we all make an effort to try to do this as we can, as we're financially able, mm -hmm. then we're at least giving people a fighting chance and showing them that we do care and we support them. So 
Yeah. And I think that I think that's so important um, in this time to show people that we care and we support them because many of the restaurants and organizations that are facing closure before this all came about, they were doing all sorts of things to support local communities. And it's like sort of like now it's our turn to try to make sure that we're supporting them. Uh Hope I'm still on my little screen just fell off, came off. Well, Can you still see me? <laughs> I, was, the, I think the second Sunday that I was leading worship by Zoom, I was using my, how was I doing it? I was using my what? laptop and my laptop <laughs> down on me. Oh no. And fortunately I had my iPhone prepped with, with the Zoom program. So yeah. It, it felt like forever. But in reality, in about a minute and a half, I was back It was back on. Using my laptop. Okay, so this is something I'll have to think about in the future. I'm using my phone to record myself, and then I'm using, like, my laptop as a little producer studio where I kind of have all these graphics popping up. But apparently my phone has a timer on it, and after a few minutes it shuts off and then turns back on. So (laughs) I can't fix it for this live stream, but I will fix it next time. So every 10 minutes or so you might see my screen just go black, and then I'll come back on. So no worries, everyone. It didn't didn't go black. It just froze. Oh, okay, good. So I'll still sort of be online. I hope I freeze in, like, a good pose. Yeah, it was lovely. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so... um, And one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about before we jump into the book study pick is just um, at this time, I've noticed that a lot of ministers have been thinking through how they can bring church online. And um, that's been, of course, through worship. I know that you do your five minutes of faith and um, also like you guys have all sorts of opportunities online. What was that transition like what was that moment when you just decided let's go for it did you have a lot of people supporting you and figuring out the tech side of things were you already a skilled techie who was just able to <laughs> jump online <laughs> no problem at all what was that like <laughs> uh no that's, that's an excellent question jordana mm-hmm. the um the five minutes of faith is actually a radio program i re- i record that and oh. my my tech fellow bless his heart takes the normally i would go to his home record it on a on a stick he would take it to the little radio station up the road from us and uh, and they play it that way and then we record it onto our website so mm-hmm. we were doing so in the sanctuary we were doing facetime we were doing facetime live for our sunday services and when it became apparent we couldn't do that um we had a pretty quick uh jump of people saying hey let's try zoom and i said sure <laughs> do that i mean i've been on zoom before never to uh, in your in your situation today where you're the this is your first time hosting yeah, he's had a chance to be on a couple of programs, but we do have a lovely fellow. He's a retired um, elementary school principal, and he loves doing the tech stuff. Mm-hmm. So within a week, we we were ready to run, to ready to run with it, uh, and and to to do that Zoom. And I don't mind jumping in with both feet, even if I don't have a clue what I'm doing, because I figure if you don't try, you won't know. Exactly. But we had such wonderful support. And, and what has happened, we've actually had 
about a third more people join us for worship on Sunday morning through Zoom than we were getting in the sanctuary. That's been really, really interesting. And, and so our plan now is that once we're back in the sanctuary, we are going to continue doing Zoom so that that community mm -hmm. that we've grown, which stretches from with people every week who are coast to coast and up to the Northwest Territories, so that they can continue. The thing we like about Zoom is that it's interactive. And mm -hmm. so I'll say during the service, um, oh, what are you grateful for today? And people will type it in and we'll chat about it. And so- exactly. So it has that over FaceTime, the, the fact that people can audibly connect with each other and see each other on the screen. So mm -hmm. our plan is that once we're back in the sanctuary to continue Zooming so that we can keep that up because we found it such a positive experience. Yeah, and I've noticed, I mean, I'd imagine there are tons of people that would love to attend worship and for all sorts of reasons can't. And this has been such a good experience for them to and, attend and, to participate so and for people who have not felt comfortable in a church setting and that includes yeah. LGBTQ people who've had terrible experiences in the church but mm -hmm. they can sort of dip a toe in watching on zoom and and get a sense of who I am who what our services are like so we're also doing um, more minutes of faith on Monday night, which is a Zoom thing where we get to talk about the sermon that I've preached the day before. And mm -hmm. I started this Bible, this book study as well um, on Thursday nights, so. Great, so, yeah, and it's good to- Zoom just lovely. And it's good to hear that you'll be continuing even as, I mean, I, I don't know when things will go back to, I guess, normal, but um, as churches open back up again, it's good to hear that you still have an eye towards continuing the online opportunities that have been launched. I, I don't know if that's the case for um, many other churches, if they see this time of exploring online opportunities as a new and permanent fixture of what their ministries will look like, or if this is just something that's in place until the doors open again, or I don't know how everyone else is feeling about it, but I, I, I do love and appreciate that that's the way that you're thinking about this. Yeah, yeah, the, mm -hmm. it's, it's not only the way of the future, it's the way of the present, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's about it. in a very, I mean, it's, it's very unfortunate circumstances, but at the same time, it's interesting to see how this has really pushed churches forward really quickly into the contemporary ways that people <laughs> communicate and engage and. You, you probably saw online there was somewhere, and it might have been in one of our, our um, church uh, newsletters or something that said, in the, and this was back in March, something about the first three weeks of coronavirus did more for advancing us technologically than five years of the Edge Network. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just, I believe it. I mean, I even had, let me see if I can still learning how to use this program. Let me see if I can pull mm -hmm. this up. But I've seen this circulating a lot. Yep. And this, this speaks to how I think a lot of people are feeling. The church is not really closed. We're just kind of deployed out into the world. We're focused on being the church instead of going into church. And of course, you can do both at the same time. But I think this is a time of really having an opportunity to build your muscle around being the church and not just going to church. And I just, it's a, a terrible and challenging time, but I think it's also a hopeful time and a time of 
adapting and changing to meet a new um, need and a need that will persist even after the stay at home orders start to lift. I think um, for months, possibly like the next year, people will still be very hesitant to go out. And you never know if this will, there will be like a, a second wave of what's happening right now. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So now that we've kind of caught up on current events, let me try to, I'm just going to try something one second before we jump into it. I want to see what this looks like. Sorry for our audience. I'm, <laughs> I've been trying to, <laughs> I'm figuring this out. This is the first time. Let me see what happens if I click this. Oh, that's exciting. Is that, do, do you think I, this I, looks better? I don't know. To, to square, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I noticed, yeah. Because I think the. Sort of focus, yeah. Yeah, I think the mode that I had it in was for if you have like, 10 people in yeah. the room. So it's a lot of little boxes. So maybe this is a little bit better. Um, and let me also, you guys bear with us. We're trying things. <laughs> yeah, laptop has <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see if this works. There we go. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> There's all sorts of like graphics and music funny. and yeah, I mean, yeah. once we're done with the stream, I have to, at another time, I'll show you what I've been using and how I've been feeling about it. It's kind of a good alternative to Zoom, but it's another time. I'll tell you more about it. So sure. let's jump into the book club pick. So okay. tell me a little bit about the book study first, and then we'll talk about the book specifically. Okay, the book study itself is, uh, is I'm doing, there's so much in this book that it was uh, hard to narrow it down to it. Um, planned a seven week study because that takes us up till the end of June. My, my vacation time is July. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the, the plan is that back in September, when we come back, we're going to do another six or seven weeks around it. Um, okay. The, uh, so do you want to hear about a little bit about the, the background for why I. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So growing up in the States and, and living in the Ottawa Valley, I wasn't very aware of First Nations peoples, moving to Nova Scotia really was a bit of an eye-opener because um, in, the, in Nova Scotia and in the Maritimes, there are quite a few First Nations groups. Um, in Nova Scotia, there are the, a lot of Mi'kmaq people, mm -hmm. um, and, and the Millbrook First Nations community was only an hour or so from where I lived. So I began to be a little bit more aware of First Nations voices. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact and being aware of the fact that I know nothing about them. When it came time for me to uh, make a move and, and move back to Ontario, I realized in doing my research on, on Workworth that uh, Rice Lake and Alderville First Nations were right, right here. Mm -hmm. About that same time, I, I, and honestly, I can't remember how I became aware of the book. I must have seen it online or something and read a review and thought that sounds really interesting, especially for my area. And when I came here, I put out a little sign-up sheet in the sanctuary and said, would anyone be interested? Here's a little idea. And many people signed up. Well, of course, life happens when you've got other plans. And so it wasn't until this past winter, you know, maybe January, February, that I thought, yes, I'm gonna do this study. I got the books. And, and we've started it for now. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I'm very pleased I have people participating. Again, because we're on Zoom, I have one woman who lives outside of Detroit. Um, Interesting. Is a member of our congregation. Okay. And uh, I, have, I have another, um, we, and, and we have, um, in, in Warkworth, our Presbyterian brothers and sisters are in a very, very small congregation. They've mm -hmm. been joining us for worship on Zoom. And I have three members of the Presbyterian congregation participating in our book study as well, mm -hmm. um, which, which I think is just, just fantastic. Yeah, and again, these are connections that, I mean, may have never happened unless we had these online tools. So I love that we're seeing more people all the way from Detroit. <laughs> Isn't that... Tuning. Uh, yeah, that is super interesting. And, it, and one of the, the lovely things is because now we're, because we're able to go across the continent, um, our voices are less homogenous. Mm -hmm. Because her experience from Detroit is going to be a whole lot different from my experience exactly. in Ottawa Valley or uh, Eastern Ontario or, or really rural Nova mm -hmm. Scotia. Um, so so we, to hear those voices is, is particularly important. Yeah, and I think it kind of challenges the things that we take to be normal or straightforward when we hear... Um, different people's experiences coming from different contexts. So mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that's a great opportunity to have like a really rich discussion around um, the book and uh, a lot of diverse participation in the book study. So I don't know if I tried to do a little bit of reading up on the book myself online. I didn't have a chance to like really go into it. But when I first heard about it, I was, first of all, I was just, I, I was super interested in it from the moment I heard about it and from the moment I just started reading up about it. But then also it felt very familiar and I couldn't figure out why I was wondering, like, had I read it before? It feels so familiar. And I went to my bookshelf and I found this book. I don't know if you can see it oh. called Unsettling the City. Oh. And yeah, and it's something that I had read um, a little while ago, but it's a similar, well, I, I won't say a similar concept, but it's this idea of like unsettling and having a um, more critical or um, kind of delving a little bit more deeply into the things that we take to be normal or natural or neutral or benign with how mm -hmm. cities are built. And perhaps that's something that, comes about in unsettling the word, like what are things that we take for granted? What are stories or in this case, ways of building the spaces? And I think Jordana's phone has dropped. So, so that's fine. We'll just wait till she's got that back. Am I back on? Yeah, we are. Okay, good. <laughs> so I, I don't know where I dropped off. Why is that old? That's why you're the perfect guest. You can just like hold the conversation while we're having technical difficulties. They teach us that <laughs> how to wing it 101. Yeah, but it's just like really about how um, a lot of what happens in cities is very tied up in this colonial imaginary and like these tools of imperialism and very overt things like gentrification and um, just like concepts of property, techniques of enclosure, and like little mm -hmm. things that we take for granted, how we need to delve more deeply into um, where those things come from. So right. 
this idea of unsettling is that like what is your concept of unsettling what does that mean to you in in many ways you're right your book unsettling the city has some very similar um ideas with with unsettling the word so what this does it's got i think 67 different um, biblical passages mm-hmm. that that I, I'll, I'll, I'll own the statement, I as a white female uh, uh, immigrant um, mm-hmm. settler, a settler into, mm-hmm. into North America, that I will read differently than a person who has been here since the dawn of time as a First Nations, Aboriginal, Indigenous person. So what they do is they'll take uh, a, a passage. So, um, for example, uh, from uh, Leviticus, we, we read last week the story about um, the Jubilee, the idea that the land is not to be sold in perpetuity, but that every 50 years debts will be forgiven and land will be returned to the, uh, to the original um, owners so that no one becomes, uh, so that no one loses their historical land. Mm-hmm. Well, I read that as Mrs. Middle-aged white lady of privilege. <laughs> and, and, and so, so we read the passage and then there's about a four, oh, for this particular one, there was a, a two page poem um, written by an, a, a Native American woman named Tamara Chance and it's uh, called Not Your Promised Land. And mm-hmm. it starts out, this land is not your retirement plan. This land belongs to me. But mm-hmm. it talks about how, from a First Nations perspective, uh, that land ownership is not a thing. And, and, the, and the idea of these people having land rights in, the, in our Leviticus story, it was only the privileged Israelites who had that. The mm-hmm. people who'd lived there originally had, no, had, no of, had none of these land rights. It was only the Israelites who had this privilege. We come to North America and we... Think about land. How do you own land? What does, what does land ownership look like? And how would we feel if, uh, if, our, if our land had been taken over by a group that then set its own vision of what, what legal things could happen to that land and then mm-hmm. ignored our voice altogether? Mm-hmm. Um, we t- and, and so all of these First Nations writers are from North America, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to use this book, because it's so relevant. And many of them are, are from Canada. Um, so there was a piece about Turtle Island. Uh, there's something that, the coming up, one of the ones we're going to read is about the Haldeman Tract, which is a stretch of land just sort of near Oshawa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and each particular passage then has a writing from an indigenous person to challenge, to unsettle the word the way we, mm-hmm. and again, I should own the language I, as a white privileged middle-aged woman, the way I have always read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, we've only had two weeks and t- tomorrow evening will be our third, but even in two weeks, I feel shaken. That's and, a good thing. You know, I honestly, I, I mean, I have an inflated opinion of my own self or something because I thought, you know, I'm pretty aware and I'm, you know, and I'm whatever. What's the word? What's the word? Woke. woke. You're woke. woke. <laughs> kids would laugh to hear me say that. Not my grandchildren. But, um, but, but to read those, those words of pain, mm-hmm. it's like, holy crap. This... 
I know nothing. Yeah. No freaking nothing. Um, and and uh, so it's a bit of a painful walk. And I think it has to be. Mm -hmm. I think it has to be a painful yeah, walk. Yeah, if you're too comfortable, you know something Ooh. isn't quite right. It shouldn't be a comfortable process. No, shit's being disturbed and you got to yeah. buy it. And, mm -hmm. and I have to be willing to that. Yeah. And then also in thinking about how you um, engage these materials as a group, I know everyone has their own individual process of going through the materials and thinking about the implications that it has for their own lives and their own ways of existing in relation to other people or existing in their communities. Is that something that lends itself well to group discussion? Or how do you think about doing the work of really taking in what the authors are saying as part of a, a book study? What does that look like for you? Well, fortunately, this particular book comes with a study guide. Okay, so yeah. For each passage, and so there is, so there, eventually there will be three study guides. There's one mm -hmm. right now, and it covers one third of the readings, random throughout the book, uh, not just the first, the first third. Um, yeah. And so the study, the study guide will, has maybe three or four um, open-ended questions. And I've found this very, very helpful because it's this conversation starter. The, you know, um, how did you feel when Tamara Schultz said, this is not your retirement plan, this is my land. Um, mm -hmm. How do you, you know, what, what do you think of blah, blah. And, and it, we have a fairly small group of about 10 people and that's enough time during our hour and a half that people actually can get involved in that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also actually this, this, the study guide is, is a free download that you get with the book. Um, and there's also uh, outline in there if you wanted to read the book and just do an independent study, you know, mm -hmm. so if, you, if you're not part of a group. But I find those, those open-ended questions really helpful for doing this kind of work because they can point you in a bit of a direction and then you take it from there. Yeah, and I think that guidance is so important because in trying to do critical work, you almost don't know what you don't know. So sometimes you need someone to identify what that thing is that you don't know to point this you in the right direction. I, I can, I could probably come up with some questions, but they wouldn't be nearly as revealing or as discerning in, in, in their content as what, as what the, the people, people who did the book came up with. And so this is actually, um, published through the, the Mennonite Church of Canada. Um, and, oh. and so it's a group of students and teachers, I think, who, who have put this together. But it's an amazing, it's an amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't wait to actually pick it up and dig into it. And I just, from what I've heard so far, and with the study guide as well, I think will be extremely helpful for people. Yeah, and as I said, mm -hmm. but you have to be willing, and, and obviously you, you are the sort of person who would be willing mm -hmm. to sit in, in um, well, at AST, um, one of my profs, Jody Clark, used to say, live in the tension of the moment. Um, you know, be there, hold on to it, let it see what it, see where it sits, and, and mm -hmm. how, that, how that resonates in your heart. 
and your life yeah. and how you how you then read because once you've once you've read a first person account uh, from one of our indigenous people I, I would defy anyone to to read that text again in the same way mm -hmm. colonialism and empire is is sort of my go-to response to reading text even though I try to work from there and yeah. uh, to read to read these stories and each of the little responses is maybe four or five pages long it's not uh anyway it's it's, it's a really powerful book and i'm so glad that uh to have a chance to talk about that a little bit mm -hmm. and it seems like the sort of thing that can um you can kind of grow in your analysis of so you might read one particular passage and when you're very early in the stages of learning how to deconstruct some of these things that we've been taught and told and when you're a little bit further along in your journey you can go back to that same exact passage and it might unearth different sorts of things so it's not necessarily the book that you just sit down and read from cover to cover and then you're done you have to really sit with it do the work go back to it think it through and I think I mean, I, I do love that aspect of what it sounds like the text is about. Yeah, I think to do anything mm -hmm. less than that would be doing it an injustice. Mm -hmm. um, you really have to chew over this stuff. And, and I think you're exactly right. I think in time, as I go back and reread, each time I think it's going to be a, a really different nuance that I'll, be, that I'll be reading, hearing, seeing in not only in the scripture passage, but in the response. Mm -hmm. Really, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for you all. So you said this is your second week of the book study. So if people want to jump yes. in, if people want to jump into it and get involved, what would be the best way for them to do that? So um, if you if you go on our uh, our church's website, mm -hmm. Saint Paul's warkworth.ca s-t-p-a-u-l-s w-a-r-k-w-o-r-t-h st paul's warkworth.ca all mm -hmm. of the link information is in there um mm -hmm. and and so actually i do i had a i was talking to a woman yesterday in peterborough um that i had met in in passing a on a tour of Alderville, actually, a year and a half ago. And she was asking about joining in. And I said, yes, absolutely. I'll just, uh, um, I'm going to check with our, our established group and just say, listen, do you mind, you know, if we uh -huh. have people joining? Because the, the, the only hesitation I have is that because some of, what, some of what's spoken about is, uh, I, I would say, of a personal nature, in a sense, so mm -hmm. you know, I didn't even think. Yeah. So, yeah. But but we the woman from Detroit actually. <laughs> I was told ahead of time. Your American congregation was, member. <laughs> I was told that the woman from Detroit was going to be joining us for the study, and and I made sure that she had the book and all of that. Anyway, we were using enabling uh, the waiting room, mm -hmm. and so I opened up the the room and there's this this person brian adams band or something like that. <laughs> dismiss anyway i blocked her <laughs> oh no 
she was like, I'm ready to do the work and I'm ready to be critical. And she gets up the courage. She's in the waiting room. And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Adam's waiting. Anyway. Yeah, so perhaps because the link is on our website mm -hmm. right there on the home page, all the links for all of our our uh, study groups, our more minutes of faith, our mm -hmm. Tuesday afternoon, not just Java group, um, mm -hmm. uh, all of that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> and she won't block you. <laughs> no, I will not. I promise. <laughs> so do keep in mind if this is again a book that you're picking up and you want to get involved it is something that will encourage you to do the work as Megan and myself have discussed this isn't just a quick read so we would both recommend it and encourage you to pick it up and um, take it in slowly think things through and if you need support around your analysis of the book or um, just people to discuss it alongside if the Zoom group isn't necessarily your thing. Megan is always very active. Reverend Megan is always very active on Facebook and um, can, she can might you put up my email address. Yeah, let me way you can post that so Megan CK. Yes, there is. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to take emails and chit chat and do whatever. I okay. love technology. Wait, is it gmail.com? Dot com. Yes. Okay, I hope this works. Let's see what happens if I do this. So it's a lowercase m, though, just so people know. Although I don't know if it makes any difference, actually. When it's no, I don't think it does. Is okay. that... Anyway. Did I have, do I have the C in there? You do. Oh, and we can... Perfect. Because if you don't put the C in there, <laughs> it goes to some random Megan King. <laughs> no idea what this is about. Okay, let's see oh, some yeah. of our comments. This is another cool feature of this program. You can kind of click through and a few comments will display on the screen. They're a little bit tiny. I don't know if you can see that. Can see that. So from Bob our... Martin, he says he loves that town. <laughs> and then we have Sherry saying hi from Southern BC. Hi, Sherry. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much oh, for tuning cool. in. Bob and Sherry. I probably should have done this as we were talking, but I'm just, I'm well, figuring things out. Her to a not computer literate and, oh, okay. So Sherry brings up actually a really good yeah. point. Um, what has been your approach to helping people who aren't necessarily computer savvy or able to access Zoom for whatever reason? How have you approached yeah. that? We've been fortunate. Some of our older people, uh, because because it's an older farming community, they have extended family nearby, and three or four mm -hmm. of them have had their kids come in and okay. set up and say, here's church on Sunday morning, and there you go. Also, we've had um, the, the fellow who, who does most of the tech work has been on the phone with a couple of people who said, listen, I really want to join mm -hmm. in, but I don't know how, and he has sort of walked them through the process. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there are some that we we missed. Um, some who simply don't have computers, um, and our internet access here and work with is not the greatest. But if you have extended family with kids, teens or whatever, or young adults, um, uh, if they can help, they are a wonderful resource. Mm -hmm. That's that's where we've really been fortunate. 
And I know also Zoom um, has that option where you can call in with the phone. I, I yeah. know it can it can be a little bit tough when you're calling into a meeting that everyone else can see each other in and they have a certain dynamic going and you're you're trying yeah. to jump in. But I think that is a really good opportunity for those who might not be tech savvy. Um, most mm -hmm. people have uh, phones that they, I mean, hopefully have phones that they can access, but that's just another alternative as we wait until we can open our doors again. But it is something that everyone has to think about. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it is. So Great, let me do a last check of all the comments, then we can do our closing remarks. This is such oh, a we, cool we program. Oh, I, have, I, I know. With my, have we really been talking <laughs> for 45 minutes? <laughs> we could go on forever. We will spare you guys on the live. <laughs> but <laughs> so we have, more comments and we have Alana Martin joined, Aaron Galagos has joined, Kristen has joined. Thank you all for joining. I hope you didn't join too late and miss the whole discussion. <laughs> but this live will, I, I, I think Facebook saves it and then it comes back up. I think it, um, oh, that's Zoom, so yeah. So we have another comment coming in, oops. Bear with me, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, oh no. Well, Bob Martin says, great. That's always nice to hear, Bob. <laughs> Andrew, hi, job. Thank you, Andrew. Great job, thank you, Andrew. We've been, I mean, I'm, we're trying. <laughs> I like that it comes up on the screen. I don't know yeah. why this won't. Oh, I guess if people aren't following me, their comments can't. Um, Okay, I'll figure it out later. But anyways, so thank you for the invitation. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a guest, Megan. And I don't know if you have- so much fun. And you know thank what, you. honestly, honestly, Jordana, if you hadn't said that this is your first time hosting one of, mm -hmm. it, I would not have known. <laughs> I should have kept it to myself. You have a really engaging presence. So thank, thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, so anyone who thinks about any other United Church folks who are, again, innovative, funny, interesting, send them my way. We can have them on the show. We can also have Megan back for an update on where they are with the book. And if you have any additional questions, um, I'm just going to put uh, Reverend Megan's email up one more time so you all can see it. Yeah, that is right. And um, I look forward to future episodes of this show. Hopefully, we will see. I look forward to to be to watching them. I Yay! Think that's a wonderful idea. Thank you so much. That's so, awesome. any closing remarks before we say bye to all of our wonderful friends here? Just so pleased. Um, as I said, I I'm not. I really do love technology, and I love that as a a silver lining to to this ice time of isolation that I've had one more opportunity just to meet new people and mm -hmm. and see people and and share some thoughts. So this is lovely. It's a it's a gift. It's a blessing, and that's a word I don't use lightly. So <laughs> I agree. Well, thank you all again for joining us. So we will be signing off for now, and bye to all of you. <laughs>
go. 